Welcome to the program. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town Country Pest Solutions. We're talking sports like you would on a Sunday morning, keeping it clean, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's rather it's a sports program with faith. You can visit our website, find out more about us, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter at btgprogram. Former Detroit Pistons star Bill Lambeer was let go as coach of the New York Liberty, the WNBA, back in October, the team opting not to exercise his option year. Well, last week, the Liberty announced they have rehired Lambeer 87 <laughs> days after they fired him in the first place. The Liberty went 26-42 and 42 in Lambeer's two seasons and missed the playoffs both times. However, prior to that, he had led the Detroit Shock to three WNBA titles as the team's general manager and coach from 2002 to 2009. They let him go. 87 days later, they hired him back. Alan Houston, the Knicks assistant general manager who also oversees Liberty basketball operations, says that the Liberty have a loyal and passionate fan base, and the six of them are very excited <laughs> to have Lambier back. It just sounds like it's such a woman thing. Like, we're going to fire you. No, we're not. We're going to bring you back. We changed our minds. The only difference, Lambier held the general manager and the coach title in his previous stint with the Liberty, but now he'll just be the coach. Madison Square Garden Company Chairman James Dolan, apparently he must have had some candidates, and I don't know what happened. They probably didn't want to work for them. But when that didn't materialize, they turned back to Lambeer. You know there's those organizations that you just know you're going to get a whole basket load of crazy? And isn't MSG one of them? Anything coming out of there is just nuts. Don't you think with the Knicks... The state of the Knicks, they just kind of, they didn't need this hanging over their head, and they just kind of, well, it doesn't really matter who's coaching this team. At least it ain't the Knicks. <laughs> well, the Liberty might be able to beat the Knicks, even though they did win a game the other day. First time in, like, a year. Two in a row. They won two in a row? They've won two That's in a row. That's how little I'm paying attention at this point. You know those guys that don't just don't seem to get it? Alex Rodriguez oh, is one geez, of those Oh, this guys. is bad. This... You know, this is one of those guys that will continue. They'll look you straight in the eye. They'll tell you the sun is out while the rain is falling on your head. <laughs> he met, apparently, a number of times with Barry Bonds, of all people, getting hitting tips in preparation for spring training. Of all people. Now, he also met with former teammate Edgar Martinez when, uh, of the Mariners and working through some things. I get it. And Barry Bonds can rake. He, he's a great hitter. No doubt about it. But don't you think, of all people, you would say, Maybe I'm not going to do this, considering the steroid connection between the two. I mean, let's just be real. If anybody can coach you in how to succeed in baseball after steroids, you know, maybe it's Barry Bonds. Get away with taking steroids and not getting caught. But there is a verse in the Bible that says, abstain from all appearance of evil, First Thessalonians 5.22. And I think that might come into play here. Avoid it. Just Pick anybody else. Just anybody else. Anybody in the entire world. Like Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa or <laughs> Rafael Palmero. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Unfortunately, that's something that A-Rod's never been good at. He is always, if he's had two clear decisions, a good one and a bad one, he always makes the bad one. Always. There's got to be somebody around him. This is, this is somebody the... in his camp that says, hey, man. This isn't a good idea. Dumbest decision ever. Can I can I make a bold prediction here? My prediction is that come September, when we are having a radio show and recording this, 
my prediction is that Alex Rodriguez is going to be the starting third baseman for the New York Yankees, have at least 30 home runs, and you guys are all going to be talking about how great it is to have A-Rod back. Easy, compadre. <laughs> I thought I was the one that was supposed you know, to another guy, rant. Another guy that just doesn't get it is Seahawks running back Marshawn Lynch. Oh. Why does he feel the need to just push people's buttons? He's what... He's what Darren would be if, if God had made Darren bigger. <laughs> Darren's not big enough to be Marshawn Lynch, you know, and be that much. He trolls enough as it is. <laughs> I understand that Lynch doesn't like to talk to the media. We all get it, but it's part of the job, man. Just just deal with it. Just get through it. Don't most people, don't you guys have an aspect of your jobs that, man, you just don't like, but you know you got to get through it? Everybody has that. And if you have to answer to the media... How does it benefit you to just give one-word answers like "thanks for asking" or "yeah"? No. Time out. Give one-word answers like "thanks for asking." That's that's three, Benson. One word or short phrase. I guess I should have <laughs> said that's a good point. My math skills are rusty. It's not like they're really asking them anything hard. They're just doing their job. Let's play that. Let's play those clips from Marshawn Lynch interviews. Sure. Thanks for asking. How about the effort of the offensive line, just to keep pounding it against such a tough defense today? Yeah. Okay, hold on one second, Charlie. <laughs> sure. How about, All right, how about the effort of the offensive line to keep pushing against a defensive attack so aggressively? Yeah. How does that defense compare to others that you've seen this year? Yeah. Marshall, you, you were on the sidelines for a little bit there. What, what was going on? Was the back all right? Obviously, got back in there. Yeah. How important was it to keep the ball on the ground and run out the clock, especially in the fourth quarter when you know this team is so good in the fourth quarter? Yeah. How does your back feel, Marshall? Yeah. You got those heating pads in your cleats? I got a foundation dinner at the Edgewater on December 14th. On December 14th, um, to help benefit the inner city youth out in Oakland, we try to raise money to build a youth center. So yeah. Edgewater Hotel. Yeah. Hey, Marshall, every every win is big, but just can you talk about this this win against Arizona today? Yeah. How about the big big game against the last week? Yeah. Yeah. You know the best part about that clip? When the media could serve his purpose, he's all about it. He made it a point. He got up close to the mic, was all excited to make mention of his benefit dinner for the inner city youth. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's, he's all about it. This past Sunday, Lynch had all intentions of wearing gold cleats in the NFC Championship game. Now, I don't know who blinked first, him or the NFL, but he backed down apparently after he was threatened to be ejected from the game. The topper, though, is when this clown made a lewd gesture as he scored the go-ahead touchdown towards the end of regulation. He slows up as he got to, as he approached the goal line, then he grabs himself as he scored. Now, the league has already fined him $11,050 for that very same low-class move earlier this year in a game, and now they just whacked him another twenty grand. And NFL officials are saying they will increase these fines for each media session 
Lynch misses. He skipped out after Sunday's game. And then, of course, with the Super Bowl coming up, you got all these extra media huh. uh, required appearances. I love that. Uh, just, just play along, man. I know you don't like it. You, you don't have to make a whole long thing of it. Go in there, answer a couple of questions, and and get out. We all have things in our job that we don't like. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well keep this theme going, huh? When the Seahawks receiver J- Jermaine Curse tossed the ball into the stands after scoring the winning touchdown in overtime Sunday, it was caught by one Scott Shelton. Shelton is an unemployed father of two who has had several run-ins with the law. He has spent time behind bars as a juvenile, and it just happens that the day after the Super Bowl, Mr. Shelton will be heading back to jail for several months. <laughs> it seems that a sports memorabilia dealer has already offered him 20 G's for the ball, but he declined and says that he plans to give it back to Curse. Now, isn't that sweet? Or maybe he'll give it to his son, he said later on, but either way, the ball isn't for sale. Curse has offered to trade a signed jersey and a helmet for it. Listen, guy, take the twenty grand and <laughs> trade it to Curse, or you know, or trade it to Curse and and sell the stuff he's offering you. But before you completely fall out of the Father of the Year award running, sell the stuff, get the money, and give a little something to your family to hold them over while you're doing time in jail. <laughs> oh man, you ever wonder where and why? Those professional sports teams come up with these crowd favorite songs. What is it about Sweet Caroline that the Red Sox love? You know that song by Neil Diamond? I mean, the part that gets me about that is Neil Diamond's a New Yorker. Listen, Boston, go get your own guy. Go get the Wahlbergs or New Kids on the Block or, or James Taylor or somebody. You, you seem like you'd be a New Kids on the Block fan. They're Boston. <laughs> what, what is their deal with... Sweet Caroline. By the way, did you know Neil Diamond attended New York University on a fencing scholarship and was part of the 1960 NCAA Men's Championship team? There's your fun fact for the day. Fun fact for the day. It's on Internet. It's 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 on Wikipedia, so, you know, it's got to be true. But now they're using Your Love by the outfield. The, this is the Patriots anthem. How do these things happen? The Your Love is by the outfield. Shouldn't that be from a baseball team? It's used by a number of players as their walk-up song. In fact, Gordon Beckham of the White Sox is reported to be upset when other people use it. So how do these do they come up with these songs? Any idea? What? Well, really, I'm asking. What, what is it about Sweet Caroline that all of a sudden the Red, the Red Sox go, yeah, that's our song? I have no idea. It, that would be an interesting piece to do some research for. Um, my guess would be that it, it they might have played it one one game and they had a great crowd reaction and you know it's all based off a of crowd reaction. But I've been told that the deal with your love and the Patriots when the Patriots were struggling and maybe early in the year I don't know exactly when they were struggling fans started booing a little bit so they played the song Your Love because it has the lyrics I don't want to lose your love as if to say to the fans come on man we don't want to lose your love and it's just sort of stuck all along doug baldwin did you see his post-game rant it was it was as reasonable as some of darren's nonsense (laughs) but what is the deal with espn writer terry blount who covers the seahawks in his article blount twice misquotes baldwin adding profanities that were never said he credited baldwin with Mothers that he did not say were Baldwin says y'all. Blount decides to substitute the profanity. 
Go ahead and play that clip. Everybody counted us out. Y'all didn't believe in us. A whole bunch of people thought we weren't going to make it, right? We were 6-4. and four. Oh, it's okay. They got a winning record, but they're not going to go to the playoffs. Remember that? 16-0 to at the first half. How many of y'all counted us out? How many of y'all doubted us? It's indicative of our entire season. Y'all don't want to believe in us. It's okay. You ain't got to believe in us because we're going to believe in ourselves. We ain't worried about y'all. We're worried about ourselves. When it was 16-0 at halftime, guess what we said? Don't trip. You don't win the game in the first half. You win the game in the second half. And what we do? We come out and we do what we do. We play Seahawks football. We got an opportunity to do what we love, and we'll see y'all in the Super Bowl. Can I get a man? Listen, I understand making a mistake, but this is a big one. Sticking instead of y'alls, he sticks in profanity and quoting him. The guy never said anything profane. This is a game changer kind of misquote. But here's another issue. Apparently on Twitter, several people have tweeted at him and pointed out his error only to find out that he blocks them rather than acknowledge. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I heard him wrong or whatever. He just blocks the people. Come on, man. If you made a mistake, set it route, set, set it route. Set it route. Set it route, man. <laughs> Blount needs to be held accountable by his employer, or they too become a culprit of his irresponsibility as well. I, I, I didn't even get the rant in the first place. What are you so fired up about? Who's I, doubting you? You're you're the defending Super Bowl champions. No one's doubting you. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess if you want to portray yourself as the underdog, as the disrespected, as the team people are given no credit to, to motivate yourself, but. You just won a, won a championship game and on your way to the Super Bowl. How, how much motivation? If you can't get motivated and need to play the underdog card, I mean, I, it seemed like so out of left field. You're the, right, like Darren said, you're the Seattle Seahawks. You're, no, who's doubting you? Literally everybody thought they would be where they are right now. Like, it, it's not a surprise to anybody that they're in there. I don't get why all these professional athletes sit here and say, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to find something to motivate us. Isn't the millions of dollars that you're making motivation enough for you to just play hard every week? I, I don't understand why these guys are searching for motivation. You shouldn't need to search for it. Well, my man was pretty excited. Yeah, that's for sure. The longtime radio voice of the New York Yankees, John Sterling, is among hundreds of people who have been displaced after a huge fire tore through the apartment building he lived in in Edgewater, New Jersey. Bless God that authorities are saying that everyone in the four-story building escaped safely. I don't know if you guys have seen any video or pictures of this thing, but this was a big fire. I saw some pictures. It was huge. It was, a, and to get everybody out, praise the Lord, nobody got hurt. He appeared this afternoon on the Michael K show and spoke all about that he had lost. He he lost everything. Uh, again, he's a very humble guy, very uh, uh, grateful to be alive uh, and that everybody was alive. But he lost everything except what he was wearing. Which among what he was wearing was his 2009 World Series ring. <laughs> but he lost all the others in that fire. He lost the championship rings. He lost all his pictures. Oh. He lost, I don't know how many Emmy awards he's won for that Yankeeography series. It's seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. But they're all gone. All his clothes, everything. That's not replaceable. I, I, I would hate losing all of my stuff and I can replace everything. Like that's stuff you just can't replace. Yeah, that's I, you know, I'm sure the Yankees can get him an, another ring. They can you it's know it's not they, gonna be the original no, though, man. But you know, the pictures, man, what a what a trip. But thank goodness he's he's he made it through. Do you realize he's been twenty seven years, twenty eight years as the voice of the Yankees on radio? I had oh. no idea it was that long. He's been there for a long time. So this opening's been a little bit on the negative side. <laughs> well, let me go to this. Some of you know I'm a fairly big 
Seattle Seahawks. I'm rooting for them. I'm a Giants fan, but you know I got family out there. You've probably seen the adorable picture that I tweeted out about my nephew, all decked out in the Seahawks gear. But I would not have minded seeing Green Bay Packers receiver Jordy Nelson get another shot after the Packers beat the Steelers. Let me repeat that one: after the Packers beat the Steelers, Shane, the Steelers <laughs> lost in Super Bowl Forty Five. I remember. Uh, do you remember? Yeah, I think they lost to it's Green Bay Packers. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is. Shane is our lone Pittsburgh fan in the room, but his Steelers, after they lost to the Packers in Super Bowl Forty Five, Jordy Nelson offered some perspective. Here's a quote from Jordy Nelson. After we won the Super Bowl last season, I believe this was in um, FCA magazine. I, I could be wrong, but I think that's where this comes from. After we won the Super Bowl last season, my wife and I reflected on how far we'd come as believers in Christ. Yes, the team had just reached the pinnacle of the sport, but personally, we're still the same people we've always been. It just proved that life is about so much more than football. Now, as a husband, father, and most importantly, as a Christian, I can see the Super Bowl champion label with a greater perspective. I know it's an opportunity to share the most important truth of life, the gospel of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's Jordy Nelson of the Green Bay Packers. You're I, listening I to can me. survive with that, I guess. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen him get another shot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Benson and those guys. The program is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070, or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon, will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as five seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. 
The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys, presented by Town & Country Pest Solution. We went a little bit long in that opening segment, but I've been comforted as we were off at break. Zach tells me nothing really to worry about. We talked about the WNBA, and we talked about fencing, so there's nobody listening anymore anyway. So. <laughs> the average price for this year's Super Bowl ticket is just under $4,000 for a ticket to the Super Bowl, a $1,500 increase from last year's Seahawks-Broncos game. You think that had anything to do with the fact that last year was in New York City, this year's in Arizona? It's $4,000 this year. Last year, the average price was about 2500 bucks. I would think it would be the other way around. Uh, New York's cold. Arizona's warm and wonderful. I'm, I'm never, ever paying that much to go to any sporting event either way. No, but I can't imagine. That's ridiculous. The closest that it's been to the market is now in recent years was 2011 when the Packers beat the Steelers. Back then, the average why was, why Benson just opportunity no <laughs> just opportunity. <laughs> Apparently, when the Cowboys got eliminated, all kinds of hotel rooms opened up in Arizona. That's they they had Cowboy fan was planning to be there. They were yeah, confident. The guy that got that tattoo. They, he was going. Did you hear about the the guy that got the tattoo? Got he was rooting for Oregon. Made the bet. Oh, the Ohio State. I, yeah, he's got a tattoo. Ohio State. Why would you make that bet? Ta- tattoos are so permanent. I have a few. I know they don't they don't wash off, man. They're not going anywhere. I am not ever. Well, one, I'm not ever getting a tattoo. I'm not sitting under all those needles. But I, I know you've got a lot. My, my son, he's he's got a bunch, but. They are so permanent. There is no way I'm ever making a bet that's going to cause me that even has the remote possibility. Anything can happen in sports. Matt, you are never that sure. There's a tattoo uh, uh, fantasy football league where I think the loser, like the guy that comes in dead last, has to get a tattoo. And I mean, they're they're bad. Like I think one was like My Little Pony with fantasy loser <laughs> on or something. On this guy's like forearms, wherever. I'm like, why make that bet? Why put yourself through that? It's not going anywhere. Yeah, the league gets to choose, right? They choose yeah. what he gets. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's real bad. The tattoos are horrendous. The NFL has been dealing with an image problem all year long. I mean, yeah, more you, than just this year. You know, you've had a bad day. The NFL's had a bad year. It's yeah. just been a tough year. Why should the days leading up to the Super Bowl be any different? You have two terrific teams heading to the to the biggest game of the year. You got some great legacy stories, but the biggest football story of the moment is the deflated balls. Got to go away. It, it's not going away. You thought at first, though, didn't you? You thought, well, okay, deflated, it, this thing's going to go. It hasn't. The NFL has to do something. They can't sweep this under the rug. We talk about uh, the importance of fair justice. And, well, here you go. Now, listen, I, I don't want to hear anybody saying the league favors the Patriots, they love Brady, they hate my team, all that silliness. They don't. Understand this, though. They have their marquee players. Every league has their marquee players. You, if you're a rookie and you're coming up to bat for the first time and you're facing Greg Maddox, let me tell you, any close pitch is not going your way. It's no. going the pitcher's way. And there are those teams that 
you kind of would like to see in a World Series or, or in your championship because you know it's going to be great for ratings, and the Patriots are one of those. But if the league really favored the Patriots, wouldn't it be, they be there every year? I mean, if the league really favored... They uh, have been every year. It, feels it like seems like it. Anytime but, but they, they go they to the AFC Championship, they're there because they just keep winning those. But there is something in the fact that whenever there's an accusation... The Patriots are involved. And this is a big deal, especially after Spygate. The Patriots are well-known to push the rules. Belichick was fined $500,000. They lost a draft pick in 2007 for videotaping uh, the Jets' defensive uh, signals. I guess the system is this. Each team requires to give 12 balls. They had The referee stamps the balls two hours, 15 minutes before the game, approving them, and then puts them in a ball bag and gives them to each team the the balls uh, the teams use separate from the k balls those are uh, designated and you can't manipulate those but i guess they can get to these balls and reports are that because 11 of 12 were underinflated means that the patriots may have even switched out the bag I mean, it's not huh. just one or two balls it, it's all of them uh, but that's not the reason they lost that's not the reason the patriots won because they underinflated balls the, the the score was forty five to seven. Well, Garrett Blunt ran all over them. He could have been carrying a five pound bag of rocks. I like the way the one Colt said it. You know, we could have been playing with a bar of soap, and and it wouldn't have made a difference. But you can't say it didn't have an effect on the game. It did have an effect on the game. It wasn't the reason the result was the way it was. But if it had no effect, they wouldn't be taking the air out of the ball, would they? Well, every quarterback seems to have. A preference as to how he likes the ball to be. Like Aaron Rodgers likes his almost overinflated if he can get away with that. Um, and Tom Brady obviously likes his a little underinflated. I, things I've heard throughout the week because this subject has been covered to death. Most quarterbacks would prefer it to have less air in it. Like, and you're, you cannot tell me. I'm a Bills fan, okay? And I don't care about this. You can't tell me that every team doesn't do something with the football to make it the way their quarterback likes it. I've seen quarterbacks with footballs likened to baseball players, you know, pitchers and, you know, the ball, and do they like it with this much mud on it or whatever. Like, it's it's just a preference I guess thing. my point then, if if the quarterback likes it a certain why does the league care? What difference does it make? Now, I did hear one good reason that defensive backs can – if, if it's underinflated, it makes it much harder for them to knock the ball out. But the, defensive backs aren't driving the ratings of the league. The league doesn't exist to glorify some defensive no. back punching the ball out. This is about the NF, this is about the quarterback throwing the ball down the field and putting points on the board. So why let the quarterbacks set it to wherever they want? Now, they did. Well, apparently. <laughs> well, 2000, right before the 2006 season is when Brady and and Peyton Manning went to the league and like petitioned them to let them like let the the teams use the balls that they want to. Like, there's a reason for this. And I, I'm I'm going back to what you said before, Darren, about how don't tell you that other teams aren't doing this. We, I, I'm going to say that other teams might not be doing that. We know for a fact that Indianapolis did not do that. Their balls were inflated in the appropriate sense but what we do know is that new england's 11 out of 12 were illegally deflated somebody did that right now you know that's what we know and they have to account for that and i think like benson said it's significant because it's the patriots and it's not 
out of the blue, it's not a first offense for them. They've been caught for other stuff. This is the only reason it's a story, though. If this was the Buffalo Bills, no one would care. It's just the football, and it wasn't like it was flat. It was slightly underinflated. I don't, right? I don't know that people want to care. If it helped you get to the championship game, if, if you were on the other end, and credit the Colts for saying it, it didn't make a difference mm-hmm. in the result, but it, I got to tell you, I would have some pretty sore feelings, especially, and here's the problem, where it's a second offense. Okay, these guys push the rules. I know even in ineligible or ineligible receivers when they go on waiting to the last minute, that's the rule. They can do that. That's fine. But they're pushing the spirit of the law. What are you going to say? No, I, I heard a report that the balls were checked at halftime because the Colts said something. At halftime, the score is 17 to 7. Uh, uh, according to stuff I've heard, the balls were fixed in the second half. They were properly inflated or whatever for the second half. That's when the Patriots won on that massive scoring run anyway. So you could honestly, you could make a case that the deflated ball really didn't have that much of an impact anyway because the Patriots crushed them in the second half with properly inflated footballs. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone's arguing that the deflated footballs made a big impact in the game. I think it's just more a case of, Here's these guys. They've been cheating, and they're cheating again. You know, it's, it's that the, sort of a thing. It's, a, it's the football, though. It's not like they're injecting themselves with steroids or they're consuming something. It's just the ball. I think what, a lot of it, though. The uh, word with, is, I'm sorry, the word performance enhancing, it comes up a lot of times. Well, it's not performance enhancing drugs. It, you know, they're not injecting themselves. But it is a performance enhancing. It helps the quarterback's performance. It enhances him his ability to throw accurately and, his, and to throw down the field. Cheating is cheating. If you don't like the rule, take the rule out. Take the rule out. But you got to play with it while you have it. That's what drove me crazy about the pine tar game with George Brett. You got the rule in the book. If you don't like the rule, take it out change it i think for me one of the major issues for it is that this is what they got caught for and it just raises that suspicion of what else are they doing that they have not been caught doing and you know i i think that that's more of what it is is that that they've affected the trust you know and everybody quickly refers right back to spygate and that's why they call it deflategate now is because it's still very fresh what they did before and not too long ago and it's the same personnel that did it before that is still doing it so for me it's a what are they then doing that they haven't been caught for all of the fines all of the penalties that i've heard talk of so far is not a punishment or it's not a penalty to them if they win the super bowl it's not a big deal they're i I don't know if if people really think that other coaches aren't pushing the envelope if you really think pete carroll isn't pushing the envelope at in seattle we, uh, what's the report with the, the adderall and then in usc he was always getting in trouble with his recruiting tactics if you're telling me these guys aren't uh, every coach isn't pushing the envelope you're naive everybody is and it's just the ball i i, I don't know if everybody is maybe if everybody is why is it always the patriots that are that are getting hung for it because Oh, Belichick. <laughs> Maybe but he's not what, smart in everything. Is he finally? Don't you want your guy though? I I will give them credit. Don't you want your guy like looking for every edge he can get? I don't. I don't think you want them to break the rules. There. Here's here's my problem now. As they're as they're trying to find who's to blame, passing it back and forth. And when you listen to the news conferences, 
Bill Belichick came out this morning. I always I had to text a Patriot fan of mine and ask him, "Hey, did it sound to you like he's just passing the buck on to Brady or just I throwing mean, him under the bus?" It sure. That's the sense I get. Yeah. Hey, man, this is Tom's problem. I I know nothing about it. Now, again, if every team is doing it, then he, then everybody knows about it. I I, I don't completely buy it. I don't think that you have to, as the coach, you know everything. I don't think he knows everything that's going on. He probably knows most everything, but he's still responsible for it. Knowledge and responsibility are two different things. He's still responsible for it. He's got to go to the microphone and say, hey, man, this happened under my watch, and I'm going to fix it. I don't know where the flaw was. I don't know where the breakdown was, but I'm going to correct it. He didn't do that. So you kind of wonder going forward, was this the first crack in the relationship between coach and quarterback? Now, Tom Brady was scheduled to come out the next morning for his press conference. They moved it up, and he did it the same day. And he basically said, I, I, I don't know anything. You know, some poor, poor ball boy is going to end up taking the fall for it. And it was insane. I'm listening to Michael Kay's show, and he said, you know, once you get to this point, you might as well just pay off the ball boy and say, listen, man, I, I'm Tom Brady. you got to take this. You know, <laughs> yeah. what? Where is the accountability? Here, Here's what I think happens in that type of an organization. He creates an environment where it's okay, even if he didn't know. And I don't know that he knew everything, but I think he knew something. Because, again, if it's if it's true, where they say, well, all the quarterbacks do it, they they have a certain air pressure that they like. If that's the case and everybody's doing it, well, then all the coaches know about it. But he created an environment where that's okay, where if the quarterback said, well, this is what I like, or the ball boy said, yeah, this is what I like. I can tell you, I know where my boss wouldn't allow that. And I know if if I got caught cheating, man, that's going to be my job. That's going to, I'm out. See, Bill yeah. Belichick hasn't created, and that's integrity. You got to set that standard of integrity, not only for you, but for your employees, for those that represent. And after Spygate, I think it was Bob Kraft called Belichick a schmuck for, (laughs) for ruining the image of the Patriots. He dragged their name through the mud. And same deal here. You're, you're, you're making them look bad. You're representing the company. And that's what drives the NFL crazy and why I I am shocked we haven't heard from Roger Goodell. I don't think he's got an answer. But at least don't you got to come out? You can't just stick your head in the sand. They are dragging the shield, the NFL logo. They are giving it such a bad name and your head is in the sand. You got to come out and say, we're still investigating. I'm aware of it. I'm looking into it. I haven't heard anything from him. You know. You know what, though? Bob Kraft bought the Patriots in 1994, and the Patriots have hosted 20 home playoff games since then. They have been good for a long time, for 20 years now since Robert Kraft bought the team. It's not the footballs that make them good. It's not the underinflated balls that makes Tom Brady good. And I think, like Zach said, nobody nobody's saying that. Yeah. But but I, they I, are, just, they... I get what you're saying, and I, and, and I agree with you. But this being such a huge story, that's what's bothering me. Like, yes, I know they, they taped practices in Spygate. That is bad. That is, that is blatantly cheating. But. So is this. This I is blatantly cheating. This I is have, blatantly cheating. This is blatantly cheating on the field during the game. 
I you cannot convince me with all, all the stuff I've read and all the stuff I've heard in the last week of this crap that quarterbacks have a way they like the ball. It's just such a big to do over nothing, and it's only a huge deal then because it's it the Patriots. Rule? Then why is it a rule? I I don't know. But it would be a big deal. It's a championship game. One team advanced. It benefited. It perf- it it enhanced somebody's performance. I'm not saying it made a difference in the outcome. The Patriots would have won that game anyway. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt won that game for them. He was huge out there. He didn't throw any balls. He was just carrying it. The the issue though is like Benson saying, it's the championship game. It's not week one or week two where yeah it, this would have just been a fine slapped on the patriots and move on well if they've been know. doing it all year what why would they change it now like are we gonna go back and investigate all the, year for well, chances are they weren't doing it all year the weather was really terrible oh that's and, a good point and so chances are they weren't doing it but it's the championship game yeah i i think they probably would have dealt with it if it was week one or week two they 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 still would have dealt with it but not under this magnifying glass not under this spotlight and i think they have to do something troy aikman came out and compared it to uh new New orleans and i think that's a good comparison now the bounty gate and and they lost their coach for a year I think you can come out and do something similar here. They're not going to do anything in front of the Super Bowl. Those those people call and say, "Well, the quarterback needs to get suspended and and the, the, no. pull the team out. They that shouldn't play." Happen. That ain't listen. Stop. That ain't happening. Okay, the Patriots are going to play the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's going to be there. Now afterwards, well, now that's something different. Lose a draft pick, but now this is the sort of bravado that the Patriots have. They lost a draft pick. They were fined five hundred thousand dollars. Plus, uh, the team was fined, I think, another two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And they did it again. They go back and they do it. It's like uh, what was the Bible say? A dog returning to its vomit. You know, uh, these I, guys go back and they do it. You got to come down hard. I agree with Troy Aikman. You're going to have to do something here. And Roger Goodell's in a tough spot after handling the Ray Rice. And this is in no way the same way. Adrian Peterson, Josh Gordon. This, yeah. You know, even when they were talking about suspending somebody for a game, which would have been half, one game less than what they suspended Ray Rice for originally, he has to come out and handle this, and he has to handle it the right way. I think this could be something that starts uh, to really affect the Patriots if they lose their coach for a year, if they lose uh, draft picks. This could start to negatively affect them. This could be the thing that... If Roger Goodell doesn't handle this, this could be the the well, thing that ruins with, him. With all they've done, it, I would love it if Belichick gets suspended for a year over footballs. I think that'd be awesome as a Bills fan. Well, I think you know they are now multiple offenders in in regards to this, and so the punishment should be more severe than what it was when they were punished for Spygate. That, that's just my opinion. That you know, it, why does everything have gate after it? By the way, it's just starting to annoy me. Jimmy Carter. <laughs> nah. Jerk. You know, the only thing I would add to this is the lesson we take away from this is where Shane, I think, was going. There are multiple offenders here, and they're dragging the Patriot name. They're dragging the NFL name through the mud. Uh, people are saying, oh, well, this is going to be tarnished. should be an asterisk after it. No, There's not going to be an asterisk or <laughs> anything like that. Come on. They're going to they're play the game, and, and eventually nobody's going to. But it does tarnish. 
And when you're representing a company, you have to represent it well. And you have to, what Bill Belichick, always trying to look for that edge, getting that label, Belichick, you know, how do you want to go through with that? As believers, as a faith-based show, we have to remember everything we're doing, even in our jobs. We're not the NFL. We're not a head coach of a football team. But in our jobs, we have to go about doing it well because we're representing the name of Christ. And people look and say, oh, that's a, that's a Christian. Oh, that's, you know, we got to do, we got to take something away from that. And that's what I'm taking away from this. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as five seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Bradley Cooper was nominated for a Best Actor Oscar for his role as Kyle, Chris Kyle in American Sniper. But here's the thing that I was impressed with. I just read this. Cooper gained more than 40 pounds for the role in just a few months' time. The 40-year-old consumed 8,000 calories a day. <laughs> 8,000 calories a day. That's four times the 
recommended amount for an average person. He was eating about every 55 minutes. That's remarkable. I just saw the movie the other night. First of all, it's awesome. Second, he is pretty large in that movie. He's he's jacked. 8,000 calories a day, every 55 minutes, working out about four hours a day. He was taking oh. that role pretty serious. Man, oh, man. Don't you think um, sometimes reporters ask some silly questions? I, I know they have a job to do, and, and believe me, there's times I get guys like Marshawn Lynch. But you still need you still need to go out there at the end of the day and do your job. But oftentimes reporters need to do a better job asking their question. A player wins a championship and someone asks them how they feel. How do you think they felt? They just won the championship. <laughs> They're on their way to Disney World. Stupid they feel question. pretty good. A lot of times the questions are just like, you got to ask something better than that. Uh, and, of course, it's much easier doing what we're doing, sit back and just comment on stuff. But uh, there's something to be said for timing as well. After the Packers lost in the championship games Sunday, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who has said he is religious, was asked if his loss shakes his faith. If the loss shakes his faith, he, the guy just lost. Come on, you gotta have better timing than this. Hey, what? Did you really just ask Aaron Rodgers if he's ready to give up on God because he lost a game? How do you ask that question? Uh, does this loss shake your faith? What the reporter seemed to me to be trying to do was take a shot at athletes that thank God uh, or, or, or say God intervened when, when, when they win, such as Russell Wilson. You saw, I mean, it was dramatic. It was great. He was praising God. I, I loved every minute of it. But now, now I'm hearing that he also said that uh, God was setting the whole thing up. Perhaps maybe blaming God for the interceptions? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he was setting the whole thing up in order to make it such a dramatic finish. I, I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers is quoted as saying this. I don't think God cares a whole lot about the out outcome. He cares about the people involved, but I don't think he's a big football fan. Uh, he went on to say, I just try to follow Jesus' as as Jesus's example, leading by example. I, and I kind of understand what he's saying. Does God care who wins? What if both teams are praying, hey, Lord, give us a win? Is he gonna, has he got a favorite? <laughs> I, now, if God's will, if God has a plan that is served by one team winning or one team losing, then, then, then perhaps there's an interest in the outcome. But if, there's, if he's not being served one way or the other, as long as he's getting the glory afterwards, as long as his name is being lifted up and people are... Uh, demonstrating a faith in Christ and, and playing in a certain way, I think that's what's important to God. Uh, Aaron Rodgers went on to say, I grew up knowing what a stable relationship was by my parents' example and how it centered on Christ. When our family had its ups and downs, I knew my parents relied on God for everything, and he always got us through those rough spots. I feel like my stance and my desire has always been to follow a quote from St. Francis of Assisi, who said, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. So basically, and again, this is Aaron Rodgers, so basically I'm not an over-the-top or an in-your-face kind of guy with my faith. I would rather people have questions about why I act the way I act. Kind of made me like Aaron Rodgers a lot more. I, I agree with him. I, I agree 100%. And I hope my my kids say that about me. When they're older, that's a that's a real strong statement about his parents too. That was really strong awesome. Strong parenting statement, and uh, it says something how important it is that that statement from Saint Francis of Assisi: preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. 
our actions say so much. You look at this thing with Belichick, it says a lot about the man or Brady. I don't know who's responsible there. They're, nobody's taking responsibility. I think here we have two great examples of Christians acting the way that they should. You know, the Bible is very clear that we praise God in all circumstances and all situations. And I think if we were to ask Russell Wilson if he felt that his prayers of asking to win the game is what God was answering there, I don't think he would agree with that. I think he was just praising God and thanking him for the blessings in his life. Same as with Aaron Rodgers, you know, saying that, you know, he's, just does what he can to praise God and uh, follow his will for his life. I I don't think God in this situation cares who won the game, but I think he's proud of his children and the way that they responded in both both situations there. I know both quarterbacks glorified him afterwards, mm-hmm. and, and it was wonderful to see. I know it gets under people's skin when you start praising God and saying, you know, God did this or Jesus and and. Uh, boy, it sure irritates people, and they take their shots at Russell Wilson. And I, I'm making obviously a joke when I'm saying he's blaming God for the interceptions by saying he's setting it up to be a dramatic finish. I, I don't think he's blaming God. He's he's a great testimony. I appreciate. I, I love follow him on Twitter, and, and what he does. He's very open about his faith. Aaron Rodgers is not as open. If asked a direct question, he answers it, but he's not as in your face. But his actions do. He's a leader. He's a classy guy. Uh, I appreciate what I saw. And then you have the the opposite of all this with the people on Twitter just killing. Was it Brandon? Brandon Bostic. I know it's Bostic. I don't know his first name. Because everyone's just hating on the guy. Oh, Bostic this, Bostic that. You ruined my life. If the outcome of a game ruins your life, I mean, you got to check your life. That's yeah. ridiculous, man. You got. I give him a lot of credit too, man. That thing. That season essentially died right there. I, oh. Listen, if they just land on that onside kick, it's over, and the Green Bay Packers are going to the Super Bowl. But that man stood there and answered those questions after the game like a champ. Yeah. Uh, uh, that had to be a hard thing to do. And, I, and people are lambasting him. But listen, he's out there for a reason. They say, well, he's only, he was only out there to block. Okay, that was his main assignment. But you're putting your good hands people out there. There's a reason he thought he could get it. And there's no coach in the world that says, go out there and under no circumstance catch the ball. (laughs) No, you're putting your good hands people out there that if there's an opportunity to catch it, you catch it. He (laughs) thought he could. He just didn't make the play. And after the game, he stood there like a man, and he owned it, and he answered question after question. Uh, What a hard thing to do. I feel for the guy so much, though. Coming up after the break, we'll have Darren's Unreasonable Rant, our Pest of the Week. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, they do it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. 
Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Former Major League pitcher and friend of the Benson and Those Guys program, Don Gordon, will be speaking live at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport on Sunday, February 1st at 9.45 a.m. Don is the international baseball director for SCORE International and played 10 years of professional baseball as well as five seasons in Latin America. Uniquely gifted to minister to men and families, God has used Don in countries all around the world to speak his heart from the Word of God. Come hear Don Gordon speaking live February 1st at Grace Baptist Church in Brockport. Services begin at 9.45 a.m. In retirement, will you outlive your money? It's a common question for people approaching retirement, but it doesn't need to weigh on you. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Nathan can break down retirement, planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, Financial Advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Office is located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with those guys. Man, I thought Doug Marone was the king of misplay after resigning from the Buffalo Bills <laughs> to take a offensive coordinator position with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars. Hey, he also gets to be the assistant head coach. He's still making $4 million from the Buffalo Bills, so he's doing all right. But I thought he was the king of misplay until golf's Robert Allenby came along. After missing the cut of the Sony Open in Honolulu, Allenby posted photos of his battered face on Facebook claiming that his wallet, his money, his driver's license, his cell phone, and his PGA card had all been taken. But witnesses are telling another story, that they came across Allenby passed out on a park <laughs> I sidewalk. Knew it. I knew it. And that he had become argumentative and accusatory when they tried to help him. He's He's accusing me and my friend, one witness said, you saying, you guys are the ones who stole my wallet and phone. The gig is up. Just hand it over. A witness told Australian TV that he and his friend returned to the site two hours later and that Allenby was still passed out on the sidewalk, <laughs> but this time with a bloody face appearing to have hurt himself when he fell and hit his face on a rock. <sighs> Allenby has claimed to have gone to a wine bar for dinner and several glasses of wine, apparently, and was joined by his caddy and another friend. He claimed to have been later abducted, beaten, and robbed, and then dumped out of a car trunk more than six miles from the wine bar. He just passed out. Uh, I don't believe him. Another couple of witnesses have come forward. Why why lie about it? It's not going to help you out. Darren, give us your unreasonable rant. I am so sick of hearing about Deflategate. First, it's a stupid name. And second, I'm a Bills fan and I'm saying this is a non-issue. We should be talking about how impressive of a comeback the Seahawks pulled off or how amazing it is that the Patriots are back in the Super Bowl. But instead, we're talking about deflated footballs. Every team doctors their balls in some way. Why do you think Peyton Manning petitioned the league in 2006 to be able to play with his own footballs? Every quarterback has a specific way they want their balls treated. 
Aaron Rodgers has been reported to like his very firm, while Eli Manning likes his football soaked or dried or whatever. It's not my business. And now, thanks to this non-story, we know Tom Brady likes softer balls. And Uggs. I get it. Everyone loves to hate the Patriots, myself included, but at the end of the day, they were far better than the Colts and deserved to win. So everyone calm down and please, for the love of everything good and holy, stop talking about this crap. Let's get nuts! <laughs> I'm going to refrain from commenting on that. Another classic unreasonable <laughs> rant from Darren. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. At the end of every show, we like to go around the room, give our Pest of the Week. And last week, my Pest of the Week was going to be California High School girls basketball coach Michael Anderson, who earned himself a two-game suspension for unsportsmanlike behavior after his team won a game by a score of 161-2. to 161-2. to two. He says, the game just got away from me. I didn't play any starters in the second half. I didn't expect them to be that bad. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. The game got away from me. <laughs> At what point did it get away from you, bro? 80? 90? 140? 160? And you didn't expect them to be that bad. How can you say that? The coach on the losing side, Dale Chung, said, people shouldn't feel sorry for my team. They should feel sorry for his team, which isn't learning the game the right way. Anderson has allowed his team to route other teams as well, winning by scores of 73, 81, 74, and oh 98 gosh. point spreads. He needs to get suspended. However, that was last week. I was going to use him, and I didn't end up mentioning him. But this week, my pest of the week is the team's assistant coach, who happens to be Anderson's 19-year-old son, Nick, who is filling in during his dad's suspension. He is my pest of the week. Following in his father's bad example, they won their first game by 61 points, 80 to 19. You the, young, win them all. the younger Anderson said, I had to burn a timeout to get into them a little bit and let them know we have control of this game. It's nothing different. Oh, man, come on, man. You're my pest of the week. Show a little sportsmanship, will you? Nick Anderson, my pest of the week. Uh, my pest of the week is Seahawks defensive back Jeremy Lane, who actually said... He doesn't think Rob Gronkowski is that good. He said, I actually don't think he's that good. He's okay. I don't have to say anything else because that's more unreasonable than even anything Darren has ever said. <laughs> My pest of the week is the Patriots or Belichick or whoever decided to go for it on fourth down when they were up 38-7 to in the fourth quarter with like 12 minutes left or something like that. Show some class. The Colts were not coming back. Pest of the week. Don't go for it on fourth down. My pest of the week is wide receiver from Seattle Seahawks, Doug Baldwin. I can't help but get so very annoyed when he goes off on the poor reporters who he was saying doubted him all along, doubted his team all along, when in reality, everybody knew Seattle was going to field a good football team this year. He was going to be fine. The team was going to be fine. And also just want to make point that Seattle Seahawks is who I voted for for winning the Super Bowl this year. So I'm still in the running for this. I think I am too. I think I had – who did you have at the beginning? We should have. I should have went back and got that. Who did you pick? Do you remember? I had uh, Seattle and Denver, so I was I, close. I think I had Seattle and the Colts, so I was closer. Yeah, yes, you were. You had the Bills and the, and the Cowboys. <laughs> so I, I had the Saints. That turned out horribly. Yeah. I was closer with the no. Bills and the Cowboys. Thanks for joining us. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. 
Thanks for being a part of the show, and we'll see you again next week. Who let the dogs out? Who?